0: Uncle Roy, this is embarrassing.
1: This isn't embarrassing. Embarrassing is me eating so much ice cream at a birthday party knowing I'm no good with dairy that I pooped my pants on the bus.
2: Finish the story?
1: Three weeks ago.
2: Sweetheart, none of this is your fault. And the sooner we figure it out, the better, yeah? You pooped your pants. Roy Kent.
1: Yeah, so?
2: I do too sometimes.
1: Well, let's both try and knock that off, shall we? If you can do it, I can do it. Cool.
2: Cool.
3: Welcome to another episode of the Revisited podcast. I'm Ben,
4: and I'm Typhoid Mary. <laughs> this week, we are covering Ted Lasso season two, episode four, "Carol of the Bells." <laughs>
3: <laughs> you always come up with clever ways to do that, and you never tell me what they're going to be. <laughs> like even when we did the when we did the Hannah Waddingham Christmas special. You were like, and I'm your Christmas miracle.
4: (laughs) But I am. I'm Typhoid Mary today. I don't feel good. We're coming at you about four to five hours after our scheduled recording time. pretty much. Because I woke up and I was like, nope. (laughs) An hour later, nope.
3: (laughs) It's all right, because in the time that I was waiting... And the waiting for the waiting to get to the next checkpoint of our let's check in now. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. I was shuffling through episode of Park Parks of Rec, and I've I've fallen back into what I was incredibly addicted to for a, a lengthy period of time. Uh, I'm replaying Power Wash Simulator again.
4: What is what what?
3: You've never heard of Power Wash Simulator?
4: No, but it sounds like something I'd like to watch on videos as I'm trying to fall asleep.
3: It probably could work. It probably could work. Is it on and the re- Switch? Uh, it is on Switch. It is on console. What's it called? Um, Power Wash or what? Power Wash Simulator. This sounds um,
4: really boring and kind
3: of also maybe amazing. It is, mi- it, is liter- it is a mind-numbing game, but that is one of the reasons why I love it. And one of the reasons why I've gotten back into it is because I haven't played it since they released (coughs) any of their DLC. Mm. And their DLC is, there's four of them now. Uh, The first one is Tomb Raider. So you go in and you are cleaning Croft Manor, um, like Lara Croft's Motorcycle. Uh, The second one is Midgard, which is Final Fantasy. The third one was SpongeBob. So you actually go down to Bikini Bottom and you're cleaning off like the Krusty Krab and the Chum Bucket. And the fourth DLC is all Back to the Future. So you clean Uh, Doc Brown's truck. You clean the DeLorean. You clean the clock tower. Like you clean all these different. What a weird game. It is amazing. (laughs) I I will show you some of it when we are done recording.
4: Okay, I'm playing Animal Crossing again every single day.
3: <laughs> You're back every into that.
4: single day. Yeah, when I was between my teaching jobs back over the holidays in December, um, I did it for self care to kind of like rid myself of all the bad juju from my last job, and um, yeah. And now I like if I don't play every day, I feel like the terrorists are going to find me or something because I'm like I have to play Animal Crossing right now. I have to my get. I-, I have
3: to do all of my my Nook duties. I haven't been there in so long that my Islanders are going to be so mad. I thought so too. Cause I hadn't played in a year and they were so nice. I'm pretty sure there are probably bugs running rampant in my house.
4: Oh, it took me a full week to actually get the bugs out. Cause every day they're like, <laughs> Did Nope, really? didn't get. Yeah. Oh. like I, I got them all. And then I went in the next day, bugs are still there. Then I went in the next day, bugs were still there. I'm like, how many days are we going to do this guys? <laughs>
3: And the weeds, like my whole island's probably overgrown.
4: No, now you can go weeds. to Harv's Island and you can go talk to Leaf because on Harv's Island, it's now like a little marketplace. So you get like, you could go and um like redo and customize furniture. You could go to Leaf. You could go to the, you could go to Kix. You could go see Red and buy some art. You can go to Sahara and get some uh, rugs and flooring. Wait, and do you need the DLC to do all this? No, this is all just new. This really? has been happening for over a year. Yeah. I haven't and then, played um, it in over a year. So you can go to Leaf, and Leaf has a weeding service. So if you're overrun, you can go to him, and for like 10,000 bells or something, he'll just get rid of all the weeds for you.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to go back to my island.
4: I also got the DLC, which is Happy Home something. and. That's where you just like design homes for different villagers. And that's really fun. But as soon as you do 30 houses there, then Tom Nook arrives and tells you, hey, would you like to redo any of your villagers' homes? So then I got to redo all my villagers' homes. And that was really fun. Yeah, I know.
3: It just sounds like a time suck. Yeah. Well, so does
4: Power Wash (laughs) Simulator. So I don't want to hear it.
3: True,
4: true, oh my gosh! It's seven minutes, and we have. I know, I know. Ted Lasso. I'm no, so it's sorry. not.
3: It's 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 only like five because we were okay. recording a couple minutes before we started. But yeah, It was listeners also not have already, Ted
4: Lasso related.
3: Our our listeners have already checked out. Um, yep. <laughs> let's get into this episode, as you mentioned, season two, episode four, Carol of the Bells. It has become a new holiday viewing for me. Yep, every mandatory. year. It is ma- mandatory viewing for the holiday. Um, I did look into the episode a little bit because, as we've said already, it did release in August. So it wasn't out during the Christmas season. But one of the things I did discover is that this is one of two additional episodes that was ordered that the writers did not have plans for.
4: You're right. Yes. Do you know what the other one is?
3: Oh, it's um, it's Beard's. um. Like beards, crazy beard night. after hours, beard after like hours. Yeah. yeah, is the other uh, episode that they kind of because they were they had only written season two for ten episodes and yeah. Apple ordered twelve. Yep, so they had. To I come think up that with the two additional, two additional
4: episodes. episodes are fantastic. By the way, I think
3: they're I think they're two of the best episodes of the season. Do you know
4: that the beard episode is the lowest rated episode of the series?
3: That's crazy.
4: It's crazy because think about it. A lot of boomers. Watch this show too, and my parents loved this episode, so they're like an outlier here. Um, but most people were like, "What this drug fueled psychedelic nonsense?" And I'm like, "Uh, that's beard.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> right there, that's it's- beard."
3: I know we're not on that episode yet but when we get to that episode it's great because beard is a mystery up until this point. Yeah. Uh, and he remains a mystery even after that episode.
4: You learn so much about beard and you still know nothing about beard. That's <laughs> exactly. the best explanation that I can give you. Yeah. I'm sorry if that's spoilery but I don't care because it's a it, it's it's an episode that does not further the plot. Um there are two extra episodes like this one does not further the plot at all. And
3: and well yeah so like this episode and that episode they don't further the plot at all but one of the best things about them is that like they they don't feel like filler episodes at all. At least I don't think so.
4: No, I think that they're perfectly placed. Um the Christmas episode can be Pretty much dropped in anywhere, I think. This episode that we're going to talk about right now, Carol of the Bells. Um, But I think that it. what I love about Carol of the Bells is that you can tell that this team has gelled. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak to that throughout um, our recording here. But it's so nice because, you know, in the last episode that we had, Jamie... Jamie takes the black tape and he puts it over uh what's it called Emirates Dubai, Dubai Air. D- yeah, Dubai Air as a show of solidarity, as a show of, you know, all all teammates must wear the same kit. Um and that follows in this really great bonding moment that was started by Sam and validated by Jamie. Um And that really brought everybody together. So it was really nice to move from that moment into this episode um, to really see what the fruits of that moment have evolved into.
3: Yeah. And on top of that as well, like when we get the whole Secret Santa in the beginning, we – this is really the only time we see Jamie in the entire It's not really the only time. It is the only time we see Jamie in this entire episode.
4: Yeah, you know, that was one of my questions. Is how did Jamie spend Christmas? Do you think he went to his mom's house?
3: I I think he I think he probably did go to his mom's because he we know for certain he wasn't going to visit his father. <laughs> no. Um and that, I mean, it's not really a bit of a spoiler. We know he has issues with his dad, and we're going to see more of that as this season progresses. But- we
4: definitely didn't spend it with his dad. I think anybody no. that has seen the show up to this moment knows Jamie did not go spend the holidays with dad.
3: No, but... Um- his his mother is a interesting character who we will meet in season three, so I won't say too much on that because that that we are going into. Spoilers, <clears throat> they have a very
4: close relationship.
3: Yeah, that's to say the least. Um, I don't want that to sound pervy or disgusting, uh, but just wait. Um, it is pervy and disgusting. <laughs> it kind of is pervy and disgusting, but anyway. Sorry, that's another spoiler. <laughs> ah. Um. So, yeah, like they had to throw Jamie in there somewhere. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that because this was a, a episode that was thrown in mid season that had nothing to do with the rest of it. I'm sure it probably just came down to maybe Phil Dunster's schedule just maybe wasn't able to do some of the other things. Well, it could be
4: that since they had such a full story from the very beginning right? They knew exactly hmm. what they were going to do for three seasons. It could be that Jamie wasn't ready at this point to spend a holiday with the team.
3: I could see that as well.
4: You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it could be a writer's room thing where they said, you know what? As much as we want to have Jamie here, it doesn't make sense.
3: He wouldn't... I mean, obviously, he wouldn't He wouldn't have been over Roy and Keelys for Sexy Christmas. Um,
4: <laughs> that would have been awesome.
3: He... This is what we used to do. He would
4: have showed up wearing a sock.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, then it, and then the episode wouldn't be family friendly anymore. No,
3: not at all. Um, <clears throat> he wouldn't have been with Ted and Rebecca. And yeah, he probably, he just, I don't think he meshed. He was back in enough of the good graces with the team to be over with the Higgins.
4: What a great choice that would have been to take Jamie along though for an exercise for him for thinking about others.
3: Oh, with Ted and Rebecca?
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously, it doesn't make sense to do that at this point in the show, especially if you're not trying to further the plot. You just need an extra episode somewhere. Um, But it would have been really great, because can you imagine Jamie Tart showing up on these kids' doorsteps with the presents? Uh, Yeah. I mean you saw how the kids were reacting to Roy Kent showing up on the doorsteps you know <laughs> Jamie tartt they probably would have been like Jamie Tart works for Santa Claus oh my <laughs> gosh you know
3: <laughs> can I get a nussy talk talk about you know a brand yeah well I think it I think it played off better not having because I mean I, I think that's just it I think one of the reasons why Rebecca did stuff like that is because of the fact that she wasn't to children she's not a face they recognize right and Ted probably most likely isn't either it's the players that they recognize
4: yeah but so- Ted was huge news coming into England and playing for Richmond or coaching <laughs> being the gaffer what, what do you call it a gaffer <clears throat> a gaffer but it's the are, are they the manager or the coach 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 okay yeah
3: because you know but, baseball is manager but again Tell me an eleven, a 10, 11 year eleven-year-old child who can name the head coach of the team they love. You, you're right. I, I mean, but I, again, I, can, I don't know when because I was 10 culturally, or 11,
4: culturally outside of the United States, soccer is this insane sport that everybody just
3: it, it is, follows but, to the death. It is, but even watching shows like Welcome to Wrexham, which is following uh, yeah. Wrexham AFC, right? The kids don't give a shit about. The, the coaching staff they, they know the they players. don't care
4: about Ryan Reynolds.
3: They're not coaching staff. They're owners. Oh, they're movie star owners. They're not coaching staff. Okay. Kids don't give a shit about the coaching staff. Okay. So Ted and Rebecca are good faceless people to go to the doorsteps. Jamie Tart probably would have kind of thrown a uh, the the focus would have been more on Jamie than the yeah. actual gifts.
4: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And see, that was probably a writer's room decision as well. Yeah. So he didn't I, yeah. fit into any of the three storylines. And but his but I loved what they did with him anyways.
3: <laughs> God bless me. Everyone.
4: And everybody collectively <laughs> rolls their eyes yeah. and
3: groans. Yep. They're like give me the the liquor back right now. Did you <laughs> I didn't really notice it until more of us like actually analyzing the show a little bit more, but <laughs> did you see the look that Nate gives to Jamie when Jamie comes in and says he didn't bring a gift? No. He gives him like a major look of disgust. As he in like, hates
4: Jamie Tart. He, he won't. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He does. He hates Jamie Tart at this point. I think he's always hated Jamie. I, I think he's just never he allowed right himself to, to hate. forgive him.
4: He has every right to hate Jamie, but... There is power in forgiveness and there is power in somebody who tries to do better and be better. Now, Nate's not there yet.
3: Well, and Nate is also- Jamie is. And Nate is also coming now in a, he is also in a point of authority. Yes, he is. And he
4: has displayed some red flags of that authority. And that's, that's all that we can really say right now.
3: Yes, he has. He is a red flag coach. But I love the I love the fact that their Secret Santa in the beginning of the episode is everybody just giving each other booze, yeah. Except for Colin, Colin gets a scarf.
4: He got a really nice scarf too.
3: He's gonna wrap it around his booze.
4: You know what though? <laughs> that was the that was such a thoughtful gift. Like I can never say his name right. Is it Bumbercatch? Bumbercatch. Yep. Okay. Um. Bumbercatch. You kind of learn about him, too. You know, he needs some downtime and he's like knitting, knitting, you know, it helps me. And he used that to his, you know, secret Santa advantage. And honestly, I'd be much happier with a scarf than a bottle of booze. Me, too.
3: Only because I don't drink as much as I used to. And I I have bottles sitting in my my liquor cabinet that have been there for years. So booze would just sit untouched
4: yeah but i mean even if i was a big bourbon person or i loved whatever right having somebody take the time to make me something like a scarf which i know takes some time i don't don't know that would just mean more to me and colin colin is so appreciative of it and i think it's genuine
3: oh i'm i'm absolutely believe that it's genuine right especially coming from colin
4: yeah, yeah, I like Colin. How far that
3: character ha- has already come. Yes. In being one of Jamie's lackeys in season two, in season one, to an actual, like, appreciated member and, yeah. like, mm-hmm. the kind of person, we're seeing the kind of person Colin has become without the inside and without the outside influence of trying to. Fit in. Yeah. That that's that's the best way to put
4: it. Yeah, I, I really loved watching McAdoo kind of host the ceremonies a little bit. Um <laughs>
3: McAdoo's throne.
4: And my guess and my guess is that because McAdoo and Colin are best friends, it gives Colin a little bit more confidence as a team member. Where in season one, you know, we kind of see him he's not a lackey. He is a lackey to Jamie, but he's also following McAdoo.
3: Well, let's not forget too, like at the same time we're talking about Colin and how far he has become. McAdoo's made the same journey. Yes. McAdoo was the other lackey to Jamie and who is now captain of the team.
4: Well, that's that I guess that's my point is that McAdoo had leadership potential from the from the get go. Mm -hmm. And my guess is that 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 was prevalent in Colin and McAdoo's relationship. Yeah. Friendship.
3: Yeah, I could see that.
4: You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, okay, well, if McAdoo is going to continue to be under Jamie's rule or whatever, then I guess I'm going to do that too. You know, but yeah. now McAdoo's in charge, so to speak, right? He's team captain. And it probably gives Colin a little bit of confidence that he can maybe come out and be himself just a little bit right now.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, once we get past the secret Santa, it kind of splits into three different stories. And <laughs> secret Santa, I still
4: love it. I <laughs> Jamie, Jamie being in there and then everybody wrapping the gift, you know, and yep. then and then Keeley's like, oh, my gosh, you guys are terrible at this. and She fixes it.
3: Well, but I, I, I love that we see this with the exception of Roy. This is the first like we see the entire team during this scene. Including Keeley, Higgins and Rebecca. Everybody is together in the office enjoying a drink for the holidays and just kind of sharing stories as to what their plans are for the holidays. Ted is going to go home to to Zoom, uh, you know, with his son over Christmas. Um, Keeley is going home to celebrate sexy Christmas with Roy. Higgins is welcoming team members over to his. You know they're doing family dinner together, and then they're welcoming. They're doing Christmas together, and then welcoming any team members who don't have anywhere to go for Christmas over. Which is, I love that so much. Yeah, but what
4: did Higgins say? He said how many people showed up in the past? He's like I th- one or like two. four, four. I it, he like devolved into and like trailed off. I I think maybe nobody has shown up in the past.
3: Uh, I think that f- that four. Is probably total over the years they've been doing it.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, no one else is here. Yeah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs>
3: yeah. Exactly.
4: But I mean, um, if we could go, if we could go to that real quick, because I did have um Yeah, let's talk about Higgins Family Christmas. So what I love about Higgins Family Christmas is that this is where you see that the team is gelled. Right here because they all show up and not only do they show up, they show up with food. They show up with drink. They show up with their own traditions.
3: They show Um, up with a date.
4: (laughs) Just the French guy. <laughs> just, and you know yeah. what? I loved her towards the end during the <laughs> dinner. I forget. Somebody was trying to do something at the table, and she's like, no. Oh, when uh, one of Higgins's sons was trying to drink champagne from the bottle. He and pours she like, her
3: glass of champagne, and then yeah. he goes to drink the bottle. And, and she yep.
4: reaches over. She's like, no. So obviously, yeah. she's not just a pretty face. She actually has a personality in there. Yeah. You know? Um, But seeing – just that huge long table at the end. I can just imagine Higgins at the head of the table just looking and reflecting and just realizing how much things have changed, you know?
3: Well, di- di- speaking of that long table, did you pay attention to what that table is? No. It's it's their kitchen table. Yeah. It's their dining room table. Okay. It is a poker table. Okay. And connecting the dining room table to the poker table is the surfboard.
4: Oh. <laughs> you know what they made it work
3: yeah yeah because i love it because higgins even says like uh, like it's great that everybody's here but where's everybody gonna sit yep. yeah but, but they do and, they and then it i work. also
4: loved that mrs higgins was getting toasted <laughs> with danny rojas <Rose. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like they're just at the other end of the table and they're just having their own christmas the two of
3: them <laughs> I love, that's one of my favorite things too And I'm trying to find exactly what it's called Um But when Danny shows up he brings That, oh god, what is it called
4: I don't know but he said I oh, brought poor, tequila
3: Um, my mother was very Happy I wouldn't be alone on Christmas And instead I, uh, and insisted I bring a traditional me- Mexican punch Oh, <laughs> if you want to be a little bit Cheeky, you can put some tequila in it Danny, it smells like it has tequila In it, <laughs> yes, this one's pre-cheeked <laughs> <laughs> and he's so happy
4: about it. But it's so funny because at the end of the episode, they're just drinking shots from the yep.
3: bottle that they're, Yeah, they're just going right to the bottle. There's no yep. punch involved. It's just... Yep. Yeah, but right it's it.
4: just so wonderful. You know, they're playing video games with... I mean, can you imagine these boys that are growing up with the Richmond football team in their house at Christmas? Like, that's normal for them now. Yeah. Because you know at least in my head Canon this happens every year from here on out
3: um e- e- oh yeah yeah going forward this is probably going a new forward, tradition yes. for the team yeah. yeah I will tell you one of my favorite parts of the entire scene that makes me makes me smile so much every time I watch it, when it comes to the Higgins Christmas is because it's something that I used to do with uh-huh. one of my high school friends and his kids and that's the Christmas nerf War. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I we used to do that every year. It was I would go over there for Christmas, and when I went over there, you selected your gun, yeah, and it and it you never knew when it was going to happen, but at some point throughout the night, a Nerf war was going to break out in the house.
4: Oh, we can't have Nerf anything in our house, which really stinks because our cat shadow almost died from a nerf dart Mm. not too long ago because he has pica. And so he eats everything in sight. It doesn't matter what it is. So it was like one of those nerf darts that like just get stuck in, in the intestinal tract because it's, because it's already a tube. It looks like, you know, like a noodle kind of thing. So it just sat there. It never passed through. And so Everything, like his uh, his colon started to die and his intestine started to die. He had to have a bowel resection. So ever <laughs> since then, we do not, under any circumstances, allow NERF items in our house. And so I saw that NERF war and I'm like, that looks really fun. I wish we could do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we we used to do that every year. So like when, when Higgins, like the whole... Danny and um and Zorro doing the whole thing about like, you know, yeah. tell my wife I love her. Like, no, you set me, you could tell yourself, and then you can set me up with her identical twin. Um, and then Higgins' son comes in and is just like eat nerf and just starts firing. Yeah. We no, like we used to do that every year. So I lo- and we haven't done it in a long time. So it makes me smile seeing that like that was not just our tradition. There are other people that know. About yes. this tradition of a nerf war 100% for Christmas 100%. Um, One of my other favorite things I love about this and I want to find Actually, I copied it. I was going to save it for quotes, but I'll bring it up now I love Sam His explanation of Santa <gasps> Of why Santa I still exists
4: Loved that
3: Yeah but he says to Higgins' son, he says, did Santa get you something good this morning? It's okay. I know there's no Santa, but of course, uh, but of course, there's a Santa. Uh, there's no way he can deliver presents to everyone in the world in one night. Ah, but that's the whole world. but it's not the whole world in one night. It's the whole world split into 24 different time zones. You see it's Santa's true, you see, Santa's true power is not his speed, but his endurance. Yep. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That's really smart.
4: And it makes this show very family friendly, I think, this particular yeah. episode. Because at the end, what does that same little boy see?
3: He sees Santa. Yeah, he yeah. does. He sees Santa.
4: The magic which is, of Christmas.
3: So, but there's so much, there's so much that happens in the Higgins family Christmas story that I love. It's just so heartwarming seeing everybody together, seeing everybody enjoying everything. I did notice one thing, though, that is kind of sad. Um, The Higgins family is still holding on to their cat. I know. Because there is a pet bed on the floor in one scene. So they haven't picked it up or moved it or put it away. It took me a really
4: long time to do that with Maggie's stuff after she died. And I still, like... I, she's still my my home screen on my phone. Mm-hmm. She's her her little ashes box is on a very prominent shelf in my family room, along with pictures and her collar and her favorite toy. Like I haven't let go, and it's been almost three years.
3: I have not let that go. So, well, I mean the whole like the the you know the ashes box and the pictures and everything. Like I completely understand that that shouldn't ever go away. But like the 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 pet bed. On the floor, I I I understand like that might take a little bit of time, but like it was just kind of sad to me because we know yeah, you know, the Higgins family just lost their long time. Cindy Clawford. Cindy Clough. <laughs> yep. So I caught that. It was it's very quick, but you do see the pet bed is still on the floor yeah. in one part of the house. So and this is the first Christmas without Cindy Crawford. That's a hard one,
4: especially if you have like, I mean, the cat was really old, right? Like, 20- like 22, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a really long time that that cat has been in your life longer than your children, you know? Yeah. And
3: that's how well, it was for Well, longer than most of their children.
4: Yeah. And that's yeah. how it was for Maggie for me, you know? I mean, I had Maggie for 15 years and my kids are, you know.
3: Twelve and ten. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're. I mean, for many people, they're kind of your first children.
4: Yeah, yeah. You well, know? Maggie. Yeah, Maggie was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so at pivoting from Higgins' Christmas, um, let's go to poor Ted.
3: Okay. That was going to be my suggestion, too is let's let's go to Ted,
4: yeah, um, poor Ted goes dark again. I really
3: I really think the writers at one point were going to give Ted a drinking problem. The more we watch, the more it I believe looks that, like it. yeah,
4: it looks like it, yeah. And I'm so glad that it didn't happen or maybe I don't know watching him wallow. The way that he wallows, because we've now seen it several times since the beginning of the show, man, mm-hmm. he was in a dark spot. But, you know, I mean, usually the warmest and friendliest people are sad, you know? Um, Robin Williams being one was, of them.
3: I was just going to bring up, Yep, It's just going to yeah. bring him up.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, people that give comfort and positivity and joy to others in such an outward way like ted does it's it's easy to make the connection that there is darkness in him somewhere Mm.
3: um well he even he even says it too like he even says towards the end of the episode like i you know had rebecca not shown up he would have just gone home and watched it's a wonderful life on repeat things would have gotten dark
4: well they were already dark teddy yeah But it was so cute because she did hi, Ted. uh Like he did hi, boss.
3: Yep. That's one of my favorite things about that, too, is that he, Rebecca returns the favor. And she does it
4: so cute. Like she like tips her head and she's like,
3: hello. Yeah. (laughs) She's, she's got, she, she pulls a Ted to Ted because she knows the dark spot that he's in. She was there last year.
4: Yeah. Plotting you know, how to ruin Rupert. Yeah. And I you love know. it that they're they're joking about it because Ted goes, Oh yeah, like how. And they both are like, ha 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 ha. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> but so that I, was uh, really cute. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they've got that they they do eventually get away from the whole Ted has a drinking problem because mm-hmm. I do I do think they were I think that was something they were working towards. And then eventually they were probably like, mm, no, we don't like this. Let's get away from this.
4: Yeah, it didn't fit with the rest of the show, really. I mean, when he went into darkness like that, um to me, it didn't really fit with the show. Like, well, cuz he's tone changed.
3: He already has his darkness and the anxiety. Like there's no mm-hmm. reason to give him another dark spot. Right. Right. You know, he's got he has anxiety and he has issue, he has father issues because we as we're we're going to find out a big reason why In a couple episodes.
4: Well, yeah. Um, I mean, so he has his own father issues and he has the father issues of the fact that he's so far away from his own son. mm -hmm. He's just gone through a divorce. I mean, he has anxiety. He's coaching a sport that he's never even probably played before. You know, so there's there's a lot going on with Ted without giving him a drinking problem.
3: Yeah. So there's there's a good reason. I'm I'm glad they got away from it cuz there was no reason to give him something else that he would have to overcome. He was already overcoming enough as a character. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like seeing like he like Rebecca finding out that this is something that Rebecca used to do on the regular every year, but she didn't do it last year because she was wallowing in self-pity from the divorce from Rupert. But knowing, like this just enhances the real Rebecca, who we have finally met towards the end Mm -hmm. of season one. And we're finding out so much more and so many more great, wonderful things about the real Rebecca.
4: Yeah, she. I love it that they're peeling her back with every single episode, and there's a lot of good there. You know,
3: and there always Um, has been.
4: Yeah, but I mean, trauma affects all of us differently. But a lot of us, when we go through something significant like what she went through with Rupert, um, that can that can take its toll on anyone. You know, so it's okay. It's okay that she was that angry and closed off and shut off because I think that that's pretty normal. And watching her come out of that by leaning on the very thing that she was trying so hard to destroy is really beautiful.
3: Mm -hmm. But I mean, like even going into the whole thing about like her telling Ted, like she didn't do it last year because of the divorce. So like, which in essence was her being alone on Christmas. That's how Ted kind of feels this year in being alone on Christmas, because, you know, he made the mistake of, of charging his son's drone. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. You should have been like, nope, like, let him, it's got to it charge. And we
4: can it. keep hanging.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that was Ted being Ted, like, making sure it was charged so that his son could immediately use it. Um, I love it that he was
4: trying to fly it inside.
3: <laughs> well, so something I noticed about that scene, which kind of plays into the whole, as I said, maybe like Phil Dunster wasn't available because of scheduling, because this was an episode that kind of probably. Had to fit in somewhere into the shooting schedule. If you watch the Zoom call, Michelle and his son are never in the same scene, which makes me wonder they filmed those two separately. Because, I don't think
4: so because he turned the screen. No, he
3: doesn't. He gets, he picks the laptop up to walk it over to his mom and then it cuts to Ted and then it cuts back as Michelle is on screen. Hmm. You never see the two of them in the same scene together.
4: Well, I mean, they had to do it somehow.
3: That's what I mean. I feel like this is something and it could have most likely been at the time that this episode came out, I believe was still COVID. Probably. So that's why they could they had to film them. It was just over Zoom, but they had to edit it so that it felt like they were both there. They did a great job. Yeah, as usual. So, but yeah, so I—that that is something that I noticed in the Zoom call and the camera cuts and how well it played because it, it, it comes across seamlessly. But like I've getting back to my point I was saying about being alone on Christmas. Like, look, I've been there as well. Like I wasn't married, but I had a breakup shortly before Christmas mm-hmm. with someone who I was with for a while. So I know that lonesome feeling. Mm hmm and it's it's one of those feelings where you just like I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit on my couch and watch movies. Yeah. That's it. Except you no, know, maybe
4: doing. not. Maybe not. It's a wonderful life.
3: I have my feelings on it's a wonderful life. Um and people can agree with me or not. Uh it's it's not a Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life is not a Christmas movie. Okay. I've never seen it
4: and I don't ever plan to see it.
3: It's a classic movie, um, and it's a good movie. It's just I don't get the whole watching it at Christmas thing. Is it because I mean, it's kind of a
4: riff off of um, Christmas Carol?
3: No, it's it's not because it's a riff off of Christmas Carol. I mean, it's basically it's the story of a, a guy is down on his luck, and he is about to commit suicide, but he is saved by an angel. Uh, and the angel shows him what life would have been like had he not existed.
4: Oh, golly, This is a terrible
3: movie. That's that's what it's a wonderful life is. It's it <laughs> basically it's, it's a the angel ass life. It, it's the angel showing him what life would be like had he not existed. No thanks. And he sees how much worse everybody was off without him.
4: Okay, it's still sound, that sounds like a terrible thing to watch. Except, well, right? Let me check. Let 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 me guess. The last five minutes makes up for the hour oh, back, and a yeah. half of mental torture they put you through. That's accurate. No thanks.
3: That's accurate. But I mean, I've heard like people like there are people out there that say like, "Oh, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie because it doesn't take only just because it takes place at Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie." I'm like, okay, fine. Then that cuts out half of your Christmas movies.
4: Mm, mm-hmm.
3: Like, It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone. These movies have nothing to do with Christmas. They just take place at Christmas. Therefore, either Die Hard is a Christmas movie or half of your Christmas movies are not Christmas movies. But I digress. I'm getting off on a way bigger tangent here. Um,
4: yeah, I feel like we could have a really big discussion, so I'm just going to move on.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to move on. But yeah, like I, I get the whole... But I, I get the choosing of It's a Wonderful Life because Because it's depressing and he was depressed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they could have the writers could have done It's a Wonderful Ted, you know, like a similar episode.
4: Oh, no thanks.
3: And showed like, what would what would AFC Richmond be like now if Ted wasn't there? It's like Oh, that would actually be kind of cool. Well, that's what I mean. That's that's it's a wonderful life. Yeah, but I don't want Ted near suicide
4: to Get that done. No, but
3: I mean, like, let's say they went with a drinking, they continued with this drinking problem and he just passed out on the couch watching It's a Wonderful Life and Dreams has a dream, what would Richmond be like if he wasn't there? And it makes well, him like wake up and, better. and it makes him wake up wondering, like, like realizing like, okay, life is not as bad as it is because this, you know, the team is great with me there. Mm. Then it comes to, then it kind of comes across egotistical.
4: Mhm. And it's that's, ne- that's never been Ted. Right? No,
3: that's not Ted at all.
4: That is. So now I understand why did they didn't do it. Yep. But you know, you can kind of see why they threw in It's a Wonderful Life.
3: Yes. Because it's depressing. Cuz it's depressing. It's and he depress-
4: was de- he was I mean, he had all the all the curtains drawn. It was he was in dark apartment with black and white dark movie with, you know, Bourbon on his chest, he he wasn't in a good spot.
3: No, he wasn't, and it's it's. I'm glad that it's Rebecca that brings him out of it.
4: Yeah, it's just wonderful
3: that she does that,
4: and she does it so seamlessly. You know, because she brought back something that she let go of in her life. And so she decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I didn't do it because last Christmas because of Rupert. So I'm going to bring Ted along and we're going to find our joy together.
3: Yeah. And that is is beautiful. Yeah. It's and it's it's one of the (laughs) I love um, one of my favorite parts of their story, too, is the first house that they go to where, you know, they ring on the door. And, and the little girl is like, oh, I did my quotes. She's, um, where is it? She says, Mom, there's two white people at the door and they're smiling. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not British. So if there's anybody from England that listens to this, is there like a divide between uh, white and black people over there like there is in America? Because I don't know. I don't know if that was like a, an American written line No, I'm I'm pretty America's sure that exists. So I'm pretty
3: sure that exists over there too. Oh, you know what? Of course it does. Look at yeah. Megan Markle. Okay, I get it. Sorry. Yeah, that that exists over there too. Poor um Megan Markle. But what I but what I love about that scene is when Rebecca is explaining like showing her the letter and she's telling her about it like when she looks for the reason why she just glances over at Ted, as in, like, all right, here's your time you're to shine. On. Yep. <laughs> this you're is what on. I brought you.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and without missing a beat, he goes right into it and just yeah. improvs this whole thing about, like, oh, we. we we forgot I put it on the wrong sleigh this thing's been around the world twice already like he plays and then he says smell it. It into smells
4: it. it smells like the Himalayas I yeah. love because she smelled it she believed in the magic of well, the she
3: she even follows it up and she's like do I smell hints of Beijing and like and he's like yeah like that's <clears throat> so like I just love that he plays right into it and Rebecca yeah. knew he was good like this is what he needed. Yeah, he needed this opportunity
4: he had to step into the magic of christmas and i don't care what honestly i just i mean i've celebrated christmas my whole life right but people that don't celebrate christmas can still get caught up in that christmas magic Mm -hmm. because there's something about it that's just wonderful
3: i am not religious at all like i am fully i i i'm like i have Never denied it. I am. I am one hundred percent atheist. I am not religious at all. I still celebrate Christmas because there's just a feeling around it. You don't have to believe in Jesus or what or to to understand or to believe in the magic of Christmas. Okay. So what did, having
4: what, what what somebody said? What'd you get for let's celebrate Santa's birthday or something? Who said that?
3: I don't remember. It wasn't me.
4: No, no, it was in the show.
3: Oh. Uh oh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember who said it.
4: Because I was like, Santa's birthday, you got that wrong.
3: <laughs> but why but by the time we get to the end of the episode, we have seen a complete turnaround in Ted in mm-hmm. that we get Hannah wanting him belting out again. Yep. You know, and Ted singing right along with the buskers that we see in the beginning of the episode as well.
4: A buskers who, who uh, Rebecca basically paid all of their rent yeah, in, pretty, in one moment. Did you see? <laughs> I right. love the guy who he's like, holy shit. He's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, if if that woman comes back and says, hey, can you come with me to this house? I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Can can we follow you around forever?
3: But I love that not only is the family Higgins and all of the AFC Richmond players out there, but you see other neighbors actually come out and start to join them.
4: Yeah. AFC Richmond is outside.
3: Well, I don't even think they knew it was AFC Richmond. I'd like to believe that these neighbors just came out because there were people just outside celebrating.
4: Well, of course, but I think that those neighbors know who Leslie Higgins is.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? They prob- yeah, they probably so you know. You
4: see a whole crew so, of all these different ethnicities come out and start jamming out be like, oh, the soccer team's out there,
3: football. So here's, cool. my, so here's my question, because I live in that kind of neighborhood. Like, I live in row homes where – you know, we're all close knit neighbors. Um, we there's not a lot of space between everybody. If you lived in that kind of neighborhood and you saw people outside just start playing music and singing and celebrating, would you join them or would you hundred percent? No,
4: okay. I'd, it's Christmas.
3: Yeah. Yes. Oh, I would be outside too. Wait, wasn't I would it Boxing
4: Day that they did this though?
3: No, no it, it wasn't was Boxing Day. It was right.
4: Christmas. It was it was day. Christmas. Yep. I like it that we both came to that realization at the same time.
3: Yeah, it was it was it was no because I know for a fact that wasn't boxing day. Keely said, let's
4: have sexy (laughs) boxing day. Yes.
3: That's exactly where. Yep.
4: The 28th sounds sexy. (laughs)
3: It's (laughs) the sexiest day of the week. Yep. Um but anything else on Ted and Rebecca before we actually go into Roy and Keeley. No. Okay. So then. Roy, Let's Keely, go and
4: Phoebe. Best Let's, part of the show.
3: <laughs> this is 100% the best part of this episode. And we get, in my opinion, and I think I've talked about this before, the fact that it comes from an episode that was not originally planned makes it all the better. Probably one of the funniest fucking scenes in this entire series.
4: How bad does your breath have to be. <laughs> to almost take out two people. <laughs> Roy says. I think you're dying. <laughs> I think you.
3: I'm. The first time I watched this episode. I'm already laughing. At this scene. But when Roy Kent says. I think you might be dying. <laughs> I Could not control myself.
4: Did you see that he hid behind Keely?
3: I think it's a combination of he hid behind Keely and And Keely hid him him from Phoebe.
4: Because he was because she knows (laughs) she knows that any reaction from
3: Phoebe's uncle Roy is going to kill Phoebe. It is. I no lie. I I was rolling. So I was laughing So hard <laughs> At that scene That I I couldn't catch my breath Because it's, it's hilarious It is we're, I'm just going to play the clip Because of course I captured the clip So right. uh, we're just going to play play the clip
4: Phoebe
2: Whatever it is We just want to try and make it better
3: What have you got to be
1: sad about Did one of the Paw Patrol dogs die <laughs>
2: Listen, Phoebe, problems, they're like mushrooms, yeah? The longer you leave them in the dark, the bigger they get.
0: A boy at school was mean to me.
2: What
1: did he do? <laughs> oh, Bernard. The fuck is Bernard? Merry Burned? Christmas,
2: Phoebe. I got you something you desperately need. Your secret Santa Bernard.
1: Who the fuck is Bernard? <laughs>
2: That's Why so did Bernard get you toothpaste and mouthwash for Christmas, babe? Because he told everyone my breath is rancid. Right, where does Bernard live? Roy? We are not <laughs> going to go beat up, little kid. Why not? Why do you think? <laughs> Fucking knobhead. <laughs> Phoebe, listen. Some kids are just mean little dig heads, yeah? But your breath doesn't smell that bad. Mm. Come on. Phoebe, it's me. Let me have a smell. Come on.
1: Oh! oh. <laughs> Oi, she feels bad enough!
2: I'm so sorry, I really tried.
1: It cannot be that bad.
2: Go away! Phoebe! I'm a monster!
1: I've spent the last 20 years in locker rooms with men. I promise you I've smelled worse. I
2: don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
1: I think you might be dying.
2: Sweetheart, <laughs> listen, that is not like I forgot to brush my teeth bad. Or like I ate onions bad. It's actually medically bad, which means it's not your fault.
1: Come on. Right, I'm gonna sort this. Put your coats on.
3: Where are we going?
1: We're going to my stupid posh neighbourhood and we're gonna start knocking on doors. And if we don't find a dentist in 10 houses, you each get a thousand pounds.
3: Deal. <laughs> Let's
2: go get our coats. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That scene, I'm telling like it doesn't matter how many times I watch this episode, I laugh every time.
4: Oh yeah. Because the scene
3: is hysterical.
4: Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And I love and I also loved the fact that Roy really leans, he's so good with kids. He is so good with kids because what happened? He told Phoebe about the story about him pooping his pants. Okay. I have,
3: I have that in my quotes and anybody listened to the episode, you've already heard it. Cause it is the clip at the beginning yeah. of the episode too. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, but Phoebe's like, uncle Roy, this is embarrassing. This isn't embarrassing. Embarrassing is me eating so much ice cream at a birthday party, knowing I'm no good with dairy that I pooped my pants on the bus. Finish Finish the story three weeks ago.
4: (laughs) And then that kid goes, you pooped your pants. (laughs) And what's great is that he turns around and instead of being like, I'll kill you or I'll beat you up. He's like, yeah. So, (laughs) and this kid's like, I do that too. That's happened before. (laughs) And he's like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, like he made, he made that little boy feel better about his own you know, secret shame, I guess. And also, he he squashed the, the very real possibility that that boy could have shared that story around. And then all of a sudden, he'd be Roy, poopy pants, crybaby, Kent.
3: He says, you pooped your pants, Roy Kent? <laughs> yeah, so... I do, too, sometimes.
4: I know. It's so (laughs) cute. Well,
3: let's both try and knock that off, shall we? (laughs) If you can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Cool. Cool.
4: (laughs) I mean, and Phoebe sees, oh, you know, like, everybody has something going on. You know, yeah. Everybody has something that they're like, oh, my body does this, and I'm so embarrassed by it. You know,
3: (laughs) but you're right. Like he he's not only great with Phoebe, he is just great with kids. He was great as the soccer coach, a football coach. Well, not even before that, when we see him go in and visit the students in season one. Like, like let's go outside and have a proper fuck off.
4: Yes,
3: (laughs) and that was wonderful
4: too. Yeah, I mean. There's so much to Roy Kent that, you know, the the general public of this fictional television show don't get to see. Yeah. You know? And it's fun to learn those things about Roy Kent because he's amazing.
3: But even even with Phoebe alone, like, he's so instantly protective of Phoebe that the moment he sees her feelings hurt, he's like, leans in, he's like, what did he do? Like, he's... (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't even care That this is a child He's just like "And Who the fuck is Bernard I
4: would Where say does that
3: Bernard live
4: Phoebe is his top priority At yeah. all times oh, I, I think Phoebe and Keely Together Maybe like, I mean if if Phoebe and Keely Were hanging off a cliff He'd grab Phoebe
3: uh, Yeah I, th- I think Phoebe Would take priority
4: Yeah He'd be like
3: You'll Pho- figure well, it out out Phoebe- You're resourceful Phoebe is family
4: yeah, but Phoebe's you know. also like most precious to him, aside from him ever having his own
3: children. True. Well, right? I think he kind of looks at Phoebe almost like his own child. Yeah. Because she doesn't have a father figure. That's true. He that's is the true. father figure. He for is Phoebe.
4: her father. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah.
3: That's, that's very, very true. I mean, he's her uncle, but he is her father figure. So, oh, and we're going to see some more. This is not the end. We're going to see some more great mom- Roy and Phoebe moments. As oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As oh, this yeah. show progresses. <laughs> but this I do, is easily one of my favorites.
4: Yeah. And I do love that they do find a dentist, and it happens to be the Ussie's family. <laughs> the
3: Ussie's mother. Because, of yeah.
4: course, it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I love that he's just like, "Oi, he's like, ah, can I get an Ussie? And he, oh, and hold on. It's a... Uh, I had it pulled up.
4: We don't even need to do quotes. We're just doing them throughout the oh, episode. No, I,
3: I still have a couple that we're definitely going to get to, um, but these are some of the the uh, the better ones. Top contenders. Oh yeah, it's uh, where is it? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, uh, yo, can I get an essay? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Not with you, mate. With Keely, I mean you're a legend at Chelsea, but shit at Richmond. But Keely Jones was a seminal figure through my teenage years.
4: That it's just that's so gross. That's so <laughs> gross. Like if I was, and I love that Roy is like, or was it Roy or Phoebe? One of them was like, you know what? Let's get everybody together. It's
3: Keely. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like let's just I'm get not, a
3: picture together.
4: I am not going to be your wanker picture. Not going to do it. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I just, I I love that. And I, you're right. I love the fact that they get, they actually do find a dentist. As the 10th house, you know, they find a dentist. Uh, and it is just medicinal. It's something that happened. Her new antihistamine is what's causing her bad breath. So it's just I know,
4: and that dentist is like, time to get rid of the cat. And and I love Keely. She's like,
3: um, we're not monsters, everybody. <laughs> like, there's a different solution here. <laughs> but even Roy... Is kind of learning in that moment, too, because he kind of goes along with the dentist at first. Of
4: course he does. He's, he doesn't He doesn't care about animals. Yeah. I mean, probably, you know, he's not somebody who's going to beat an animal, but he also is like, I whatever, it's a dog, it's a cat, who cares, you know?
3: Yeah. But I love that after all this is over, we kind of get that big love actually moment at the end. So
4: let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you seen Love Actually? Yes. I have not.
3: I... I will be honest, I've only seen it for the fr- I've only seen it once and the first time I saw it has been within the last 7 years. I um,
4: don't have any desire to see it. I hate rom-coms. I hate them. I just think that they're cliché, I think that they're dumb. I don't fault anybody for loving them cuz a rom-com is a rom-com, but there are very few rom-coms that I'll sit down and watch. I think the top one is The Proposal. I'll watch that.
3: But there're well, rom- but But you also recommended to me Destination Wedding and that is absolutely a rom-com. That's Keanu
4: Reeves, so let's just put that in its own little category, (laughs) okay? All right. Because if it was starring anybody else, I would not watch it. I watched it because it was starring Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, and I wanted to see them together. It has nothing to do with the subject matter. Okay, all right. I don't know if that makes sense.
3: No, fair. I totally get that. Okay, I totally get that. It's yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that like I'll watch particular movies with a certain actor or actress in them because I want to see that actor or actress, not. You don't care what the subject material is.
4: Right. And that's kind of how I am with that. But yeah, I mean, I'm just not a rom com fan at all. So everybody's like, oh, love actually. Lo-. I'm like, really, guys? Really? Okay, but it's cute. I, I do like that people always kind of riff off of that cards scene because mm. I have seen that card scene and it's very cute, but I think that it's done better
3: in Ted Lasso. Well, it's it's very much done better in Ted Lasso because if you watch Love Actually, uh, it's Rick Grimes doing the cards to a girl who is married.
4: Yeah, see, that's crap. Sorry, yeah. but that's crap.
3: Yeah. So Ugh, it's I'm
4: going to get I'm going to get a couple tux messages and messages <laughs> for this take on rom-coms and and Rick Grimes. But you know what? I, I, I stand by it.
3: <laughs> I, look, it's it's totally fine. And again, like I I do enjoy rom-coms. Love actually is OK. Like it's not anything super. You know, it, it it's I think it's people fine. say it's better than it actually is. It's is fine. it
4: Ling's Palace? It's just fine.
3: Yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just um fine. So
4: apparently this... Hang on. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. Roy and Keeley and Phoebe spent an afternoon knocking on doors just as Hugh Grant did in Love Actually. So I guess Hugh Grant in the movie knocks on a whole bunch of doors. So yes. they took two moments from Love Actually and added them to the story.
3: Well, no, it's it's more... The whole Roy Keeley and Phoebe thing is a nod to love, actually. Yeah. Okay. So the it's, whole thing is a nod. The whole thing is is kind okay. of like a nod to love, actually. Yes. Okay. Um, but one I will say one of my favorite moments about the whole thing is after they do the cards thing, um, Fairy Tale of New York, which is the Christmas song that is playing as they're walking away. Okay. That is one of my favorite Christmas songs.
2: Oh, cool.
3: Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. That is one of my favorite. Christmas songs. So I awesome. love the fact that it was actually used.
4: Hey, did you episode. watch this movie during uh during Christmas this year? Yes, I did. So you That's- got whammed.
3: No, I did uh-huh. not get Wham! No, because Whamageddon is only the wham version of last Christmas. Covers do not count. It is in the rules of Whamageddon I will send them to you. Official rules of Whamageddon is that covers do not count. Ugh. So I I was not sent to Whamageddon. It's also one of the reasons why one of the Christmas movies I will never watch during Christmas is the movie Last Christmas with Amelia Clark.
4: Last Christmas because I hate that song. it it's has so that
3: song in it.
4: But I'll tell you what, the Busker's version of Last is Christmas It's great. Was
3: was listenable. So, for any listeners out there that don't know what the hell we're talking about, there is a game that people play, and I'm one of them.
4: He, Um, oh my gosh, he goes to really, really weird lengths. (laughs) Like, let's just, let's just, okay, stop. Just, just stop for a second before you go into this (laughs) diatribe that you're about to go into. Okay, I wasn't going to go into a diatribe. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. I know you. We all know you. Listen, you go to the. Most insane lengths to stay away from this song. Yeah. He goes into stores with his earbuds in so that he can't listen to music in a store.
3: Yeah. That that's weird, man. <laughs> it's not weird. It is I am, weird. No. So wham. so the game is called Whamageddon. There's a song for any of it. Most people know it. Just in case you don't. There's a song called Last Christmas by the band Wham, the 80s band Wham. Wham again is that from December first until midnight on Christmas Eve, if you hear the song Last Christmas by Wham, you are considered you have you have been whammed. So You've you, lost. Are, you have lost the game. You go to whamhalla, as we call it. Dude, that fun.
4: song is played every ten minutes wherever you go.
3: Well, that's the whole point. That's the fun of the game is to try and avoid the song Ugh, for as long song. as you can. And if you if you if you end up hearing the song, it's all played on the honor system. If you end up hearing the song, you post on social media. I've been sent, I've been whammed, I've been sent the wham holla, however you want to put it, you post that you've you've heard the song. I, as Kristen said, go to great lengths to avoid that song. One <laughs> because I like because I, I like winning the game. And two, because I hate that song. It's so annoying.
4: What's funny, too, is that George Michael is a really good artist, but this song is garbage.
3: This song is horrible. It's awful.
4: But then, you know, Ted and Rebecca just saunter up to these buskers, and you're like, ooh, yeah, this is great. So you're like, "Oh, maybe Wham! is terrible.
3: Well, that's just it.
4: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe it's that Wham! is garbage, and this song is actually okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, there are other songs you could avoid for fun over Christmas, like grandma got run over by a reindeer or Christmas in ca-
4: Hollis by run DMC. I like
3: Christmas and Hollis.
4: That is my favorite.
3: <laughs> so why would you avoid it?
4: I don't know. I just Dominic. The it.
3: donkey is the song I would fucking avoid like the plague every year.
4: I don't even know that song. You don't
3: know Dominic, the Italian donkey. No. Oh god. I don't need
4: to know it either. That's yeah, fine. You're
3: better off. Let's just say it is a song that some of the lyrics are. e-aw. E-uh. It's horrible.
4: You know, I used to like Baby It's Cold Outside for years. And then...
3: Depends on the version.
4: And then when you really listen to it, you realize this is a song about Christmas date rape.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is accurate. But going back to Ted Lasso, I agree with you. I think the Buskers version is great. I I I would listen to that version. I almost... I wonder if those buskers are an actual band or just musicians they hired for, because we I know mean, that the busker, busker was that's what going to say. Cam Cole, Cam Cole. We know that Cam Cole is an actual musician. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to look to see if these guys are actual like recording artists to see.
4: That would be interesting to know.
3: I don't know. Something I should have looked up before we got into this.
4: That's okay. We could look <laughs> it up later. It's not a big deal.
3: Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it, though, what I have as far as non-spoilery stuff for this episode.
4: Let's see if I have anything else. Oh, one thing that I did want to uh, mention was the title, Carol of the Bells. Like, I know it's a song title, but when you, when you look at the episode as a whole, you've got people ringing on doorbells to come into the Higgins home. You've got Rebecca and Ted ringing on doorbells to deliver uh, – The presents. And then finally, you have Roy Keeley and Phoebe ringing doorbells to find um, a dentist. So it really is a Carol of the Bells. It's all doorbells.
3: And I think the song that is playing during that scene is actually Carol of the Bells.
4: Carol of the Bells is one of my absolute favorite Christmas songs.
3: Again, depends on the version.
4: Mm. Okay. Trans Siberian
3: Orchestra's version of Carol of the Bells is amazing.
4: Trans-Siberian Orchestra's version of anything is amazing. Let's this just say that true. right now. This is also true, yes. <laughs> um, but I did like the fact that they did a play on doorbells for a title that was Carol of the Bells. So I mm-hmm. thought that the title was really, really great.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with you.
4: Ties with the episode too. together, much like a rug in uh, Big Lebowski.
3: <laughs> that, was, that was
4: a reference that came out of nowhere. No, no the title tied the room together, tied the episode together.
3: You just wanted to bring in a big Lebowski reference. Who wouldn't? I'm the dude, dude. Well, who wouldn't the dude, man. Okay. Um, so then anything else before we, we go into spoiler territory? No, sir. All right. So then with that being said, uh, if you are trying to avoid spoilers, now's the time to do it. Just go back and check the show notes to find out when we come back with uh, some of our favorite quotes. I don't have a lot. I have three things that are very quick. I have two. Let's see Um, where we match up. uh, The first one is Nate's gift to Ted. The photo. Oh. Because when Nate, at the end of this season, goes off on Ted, one of the things he brings up is the photo he gave to Ted. I don't remember that. Nate goes off on Ted saying, like, I, you don't even display the photo I gave you. Instead, it's just a family with a bunch of American people, which is his fucking family. Nate is more upset that Ted has a picture of his family up over a picture of those two together.
4: Which shows how far gone he is.
3: Yes. And you know, how I selfish mean, he, he
4: He really devolves into this narcissistic, hate-fueled. Sense of self. I mean, he starts spitting on the mirror. He starts hating himself. He starts hating others because he hates himself. You know, the more we learn about Nate, the more we kind of see where some of this self hatred comes from. But it's not until after we hate him. And honestly, I think that this was one like one misstep of the show is that I wish we had gotten just a little bit of that with Nate instead of having it come out of nowhere. Okay. Only because when they were trying to redeem him in the third season, I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care until Beard showed up at his house. That's oh, the see, penultimate j- episode.
3: Yeah, and I came back. I came back to to Nate before that.
4: I, you know what? I didn't. I don't think Dave did. I think a lot like uh, people in my circle. um my TV watching circle, you know, we're in different yeah. states. Um it was just too it was too hard. You know? I mean, they demonized him. They did such a good job demonizing him that when they went to repair him as a character, I didn't care. I just, I was like, wow, I hope you fail. I hope that fails. I hope that fails. I hope you go homeless. I don't care that that you work for Rupert and he's terrible. I don't care that you like this girl and she thinks you're stupid. I don't care that you lost your job. I don't care that you're a busser. I
3: don't care. Well, because even into season three, once we know that he's working for Rupert, there are other things. Yeah, they continue to demonize his character. I mean, we see him break into the <laughs> AFC Richmond locker room to tear the believe sign.
4: Yeah, or when he um when he came in, the first shot we see of him in season three, he walks in and people are saying hello to him, and he's not even acknowledging that they exist. Yeah, I mean, it's just look, they did such a good job demonizing him that I did not, I didn't care about his his redemption arc at all. Fair, um, but when Beard came, it was almost like I was Beard the whole time because once Beard came and he. Shared his story. I don't it was all of a sudden like
3: okay. So well, maybe, I think that was also part of the point of that as well. Yeah. Because like like we've kind of mentioned with Lost, I mean, there are times well, no, not Lost, not Lost. <laughs> um, the Walking Dead. You know, a lot of people were saying that as the over the course of The Walking Dead, as it ran for as many seasons as it did. As viewers, you kind of became desensitized to the zombies themselves. We're like, well, that's kind of the point. You're right. living with it for so long. You, even if you le- lived in that environment, you yourself would become desensitized to it. Right. It becomes the new norm.
4: I thought so, you were going to start if, talking about Negan. I was going to be like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> let's not do that.
3: <laughs> no. Um, I think the same thing was with Ted. You kind of became desensitized to the whole thing. But when it becomes a big realization for Beard, it becomes a big realization for the viewers as well. Mm. So it was mm-hmm. probably the point.
4: Which I can respect. And I'm hoping that in this rewatch, I see something different. Maybe I'll feel something different because I haven't rewatched season three. Um, I haven't either. No? Oh, that'll be no. fun then. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, I had a lot of trouble accepting a redeemed Nate. So um, I'm just curious. I'm really curious as to how like other listeners felt about that, but you know, Nate, 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 <laughs> Nate, 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 Nate.
3: So, what's one of your what's one of your two things that you have for spoilers?
4: I think the therapist was spending Christmas with them. Do you? She you think- was real nervous on uh, Michelle. Oh, was real um, nervous on that FaceTime call. Real nervous. I didn't even think about that. I I asked Dave when we were watching it last night. I said, "Do you think that therapist guy is there?" And he goes, "Oh, maybe." You know, because like,
3: think about it either.
4: Because she got off the phone real quick. That he was flying a drone. There's no way he was flying a brand new drone by himself, trying to figure it out.
5: She Mm. looked nervous
4: when he turned the camera, and she moved very quickly to in front of the tree instead of keeping the camera where she was, I think because she didn't want anybody to walk around or be seen behind her.
3: Well, again, I kind of just scratched that too. That was the way they did the camera cuts. I think that they spent Christmas together. together. But no, I can absolutely see that. Mm -hmm. Especially if that relationship was already developing before those two were divorced. Right. Well, it was for him. If it was a new relationship, that's too soon to spend Christmas together. But if that relationship was already developing before that, then, yeah, that's very quickly. That's very easily possible. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I love the mention of speaking of Beard, uh, Beard's plans for Christmas <laughs> of doing the pagan ritual at Stonehenge.
4: I really wanted to see a shot of that. Just one shot.
3: Well, uh, one of the reasons why I have this in spoiler territory is because that's where Beard and Jane get married, is Stonehenge, in the finale.
4: Oh, in the finale. I was like, they didn't get secretly married? I thought, no, okay. That's, yeah.
3: where the, that's where they hold their wedding, is in the, in the series finale, they hold their wedding at Stonehenge.
4: Interesting. Yeah. I don't remember that because- I haven't rewatched season three yet. Yeah.
3: It That's is awesome. in the it's it's in the the montage that they're doing at the end of what's happening to all the characters after Ted leaves. Mm-hmm. Jane and Beard get married at Stonehenge.
4: I love that. Yep. Oh Beard. What, I love him. What's your other one? Uh it's small and it's not really even maybe even one, but I did get a feeling that Bumbercatch giving Colin the scarf was probably the best person to give the scarf to.
3: Yes. Because if
4: like, if he had made that scarf for like McAdoo, I'm not sure that McAdoo would have had, he would have been like, where's my bourbon? Where's my whiskey? You know? And I just love that Colin was like, no man, I love this. This is amazing. You know? Yeah. Um, And I'm not being stereotypical. Maybe I am, but I, I don't know. I have I the, just, no, I
3: had the same thought. I, okay. I don't think it's being stereotypic at all. I had the same thought about that. Uh, I also love McAdoo on the on the throne. Um, because we're yeah. gonna get another moment a little bit later on with McAdoo, um, showing that leadership ability when Sam asks for a haircut. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one.
3: Yeah. Which that's you know, coming up in how about
4: the Amsterdam episode? He's great in that too. Takes oh. charge with all the indecision.
3: Yes. Yeah. So I just I just love seeing McAdoo like sitting on a throne like a king. Um, the only other one I have to this is very quick, is as they're approaching, as, as Roy, Keeley, uh, well, Keeley and Phoebe are already at the door, but as they're approaching the house of the dentist, Roy has to fix his knee. Um, oh, yeah. We get that again next episode because it's Roy running to the field to AFC Richmond to get there to, because he's going to take the coaching job that Ted Mm -hmm. offers him next episode. Which is it's such next episode is such a great episode um, because it is the beginning of coach Kent, which I cannot wait for. But as, as he is approaching the, as he's running to get to the field, his knee pops. And he's, like, limping on it because he's he's still trying to get there. And it's, like, a great moment that as he's in the aisle way right before walking out onto the pitch, the last thing he does before he walks out onto the pitch is he pops his knee. Well, he puts his knee back. And because he doesn't want to limp out there, he wants well, to show not. Yeah. he is Roy Kent. He's Roy so Kent. He, he fixes his knee, pops it back in and just strides back out onto that field.
4: No, Jamie could take some serious notes on what it means to brand yourself from Roy Kent.
3: Yeah. I 100%, 100%. Yep. But I think that's that's all. Yeah. That's all I have for, for spoilers as well. Uh, So we will come back in then for some of our favorite quotes of the, uh, of the episode. I don't know if you have any, because I know you were kind of shooting, off From the, the hip, hip a little bit for this episode.
4: I've got a couple. Okay. Um I do like uh so Sam, back home, what does Christmas make you think of? Colonization. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> On, in the same in the same note too. I so love he's like uh uh Richard, why did you bring a date to team Christmas party? The French believe that having a beautiful woman around is always a good thing. And then Jan, that was not true with the Helter Skelter murders. <laughs>
4: I did like that. I thought that was wonderful. Uh, Oh, you want me to drive? Rebecca, the steering wheel's on this side. Ted, right. I'm the one with the accent here. I forgot. Sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What have you got to be sad about? Did one of the pole Patrol dogs die? Which we already played that.
4: Yep. Um, um jamie have you got anything that i can give as a present here <laughs> keely did you not buy a secret santa gift jamie i didn't know i had to the email said secret santa i didn't want to ruin this ruin the surprise <laughs> did i <laughs> he's so delightfully stupid sometimes because he's so smart
3: yeah uh back home in lagos we have good friends who celebrate and they always eat joel of rice and goat meat so i made you some Oh, but I use chicken. (laughs) Thank God.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Although it would have been nice if he made it with goat because there were a lot of people that were going to be arriving that
3: probably Probably would have have eaten it.
4: Been okay with that. He has what there's three Nigerians on the team?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Three three Nigerians
4: Nigerians could have handled that bowl that he And I think they were all there. The whole team was there except for Jamie.
3: Yeah. Uh, Oi, wanker, Merry Christmas. Right back at you, sir. Did he just call you a wanker? Yeah, it's an inside joke. Mostly inside of him.
4: <laughs> I think Rebecca's realizing that she might have put him in an even worse position than she initially thought. Because yeah. he's just letting it roll off of him, you know? Ted's
3: a good dude. Yeah. To uh,
4: the- Leslie Higgins, to the family we're born with and to the family we make along the way, and most importantly... To Richmond. <laughs> and did you know that he used all of the towns that each of those people were actually from, each of the players? Leslie yeah. Higgins? Yeah, he I names them all. That. But he names where the actors were from. Oh, I didn't that's where the actual actors were from?
3: Yes. Oh, that I did not know. I thought that was very sweet. Uh the only one <laughs> The only other one I have is, oh, I figured you could just drop me off at home and then go get all decked out for Sir Elton's party. Uh, I might not go. Really? You're willing to miss a puppet show by Daniel Craig and Rachel Wise? Because that sounds like a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. They're incredible. But all I really want to do is see those two fuck. (laughs) No. Yeah. No, I get that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That line is the line that kept us
3: from uh, showing your kids.
4: Yeah. Showing the kids.
3: Yeah. I get that, too. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yep. It's so that one line. That I'm Any sure other we t- could
3: m- mute, but whatever. True. Any other quotes? Nope. Go. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got too. Uh, so then that takes us into the feedback portion, in which we got a bunch. I'm happy about this. Yay. Um, we got three written and th- we got like three written and three voicemails. Yeah. Which is oh, which is awesome. Uh so let's just go back and forth. We'll do one of each. And then, so we'll do a written one. We'll do a voicemail, written voicemail, written voicemail. Uh, I sent all the writtens to you. You should have them there on Except your end.
4: Except for ending. one,
3: right? No, I, I sent that one to you. I see it. Okay. Uh, it came in a little late, but we got it. Uh, so I'll leave it to you, whichever one you want to you want to start us off with.
4: We'll start with my husband. <laughs> all right. First piece of feedback comes from Dave, my husband. He's great. Greetings, all. I love this episode. It's so wholesome and sweet. There are so many great moments. The Higgins family is so great, opening their home to players who have nowhere else to go. It's sweet. That Christmas party looked amazing. I kept thinking how the Higgins boys were going to have an amazing story to tell their friends. Rebecca taking Ted out to deliver presents was just the thing he needed. The new Rebecca is great. When they brought the buskers to the Higgins party, it was a perfect ending. One last note. When Higgins lists all the players' hometowns, it shows he really knows and cares about his players. Just a small clue that he's actually great at his job. Can't wait to hear all the quotes and drops from this one. Keep up the strong work. Nice. Nice,
3: Dave. (laughs) Dave. (laughs) Uh, all right, so then we'll go into our first voicemail, and this one comes from uh, our listener, Jason.
0: Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose providing feedback for Carol of the Bells. Carol of the Bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away, Christmas is here, bringing a cheer, to young and old, making the bold... This has to be one of the greatest Christmas episodes of any TV show. Well, except for South Park and for those who have seen it, the bear we just had our big family christmas celebration the first week of january and i'm finally taking down all our decorations this week i'm not ready for the holidays to be over so this was a wonderful late gift from the claymation openings to the secret santa the party at the higginses uh, ted and rebecca's gift giving and the adventures of roy keely and phoebe this was such a masterpiece I shed quite a few tears throughout the episode. Tears of laughter with Roy and Keeley trying to keep a straight face with Phoebe's breath. And tears of compassion with the whole forgiveness of Bernard and the love actually parody. Many other points during the episode brought the tears, but the music was especially emotional. Hearing Fairy Tale of New York was bittersweet since the pogue singer shane mcgowan had just passed away at the end of november of 2023 and, the for and i couldn't think of a better way to end the episode than with hannah Waddingham singing and her amazing voice on christmas baby please come home such an awesome episode so with that, it's really time to put a close on Christmas and the holidays this year. This has been Jason in San Jose. And Namaste to all, baby. Ding dong, ding dong. Good. <laughs> I
3: know that South Park song too, and he's just played. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, the lead singer of the Pogues did just actually recently pass away, so that which was which is kind of sad. But I'm glad somebody else appreciates that song, that Christmas song as well. Yeah,
4: that's that's fun.
3: It's a great song.
4: Uh, our next piece of feedback is from Jeff Allen. This is such an amazing episode, and it's so incredible that we only got it because Apple TV ordered an additional two episodes after the writers had already plotted the story arcs over 10. We're also starting to get into the beard Jane arc a little more. And I will definitely have a lot of opinions on that in upcoming episodes. Just remember, if you're ever in a situation where you feel there's no way out, there's always another solution because you're nice and smart and science is real and it's Christmas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thank you for that, Jeff. I know Jeff's been wanting to leave feedback for a while too. Oh good. So he just he finally just got to the point. He's like, oh, because he posted He posted online. He's like, oh, there's so much great stuff in season two. I really need to start getting on leaving feedback. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do.
4: Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) okay. Thank you for leaving it, Jeff. That was awesome.
3: So we'll probably start hearing some more from him,
5: too, as we go forward.
3: Uh, The next one, the next voicemail comes from
5: our friend Greg. Hello, Revisited. This is Greg. And we're on Carol of the Bells, the (laughs) Christmas episode, the not the best, but probably my favorite Christmas. Whatever. Now, uh, all right. So I'm sure you guys covered quite a bit of stuff, but I will cover the stuff that I really loved. Although most of it is, it's difficult to exclude anything, but I'll work on it. All right. So uh, we see yet another uh, example of Roy bonding with a with a kid. He's just better at hanging out with kids and talking to kids. Maybe it's because they don't owe him anything, or he doesn't owe them anything but uh, he's just better with kids. He's good with Phoebe and that story about him pooping his pants three weeks ago, the finished the story three weeks ago. uh, I, it gets me every time. It makes me laugh literally out loud every time. Speaking of Roy and Keely, the stinky breath bit. I mean, good God. I, the, the timing, the comedic timing, and the fact that Juno and Brett sold it hard. The comedic timing of the of the heaves, the dry heaves in between lines, it's not bad. <laughs> it means it's something really wrong in mean, like the the pitch. It was absolutely perfect. Um, so it took me a couple of watches uh, to realize that the Carol of the Bells, the song, is playing during the doorbell uh, ringing, and I was impressed that I picked up on it eventually. Um, that we do get uh, Roy's posh neighborhood and our Usy guy with the dentist. That was kind of a, a cool inclusion. Uh, it's like he shows up once a season, I think. Um, going to the Higgins house uh, it, just a great great scene like all of it was just great but the like oh hey leslie you're popular now and i mean it's directly directly connected to the vibe of the club and the uh the this not scenario the the climate uh of the the club that that ted has has made up um all right so again back to some throwbacks uh so rebecca initially was blaming rupert for not doing the christmas presents and uh and then she redirected herself, you know, taking accountability. This all goes back before the children, where she talks about the importance of accountability. And she's telling Keeley about that. Speaking of that episode, uh, Keeley still hates olives and the pimentos are like little orange clitoris things that are really freaky. <laughs> I do like, I do love the, the references. So love actually the line for line. Say it's carol singers of uh, the creepy scene with Andrew Lincoln. Uh, it, Give him a quid and tell him to bugger off. Exact lines out of the movie, Um, but uh, and then the the Christmas story lamp in in uh, Keeley's apartment um, or house or whatever it is. Uh, One of the most important, not important, but one of my favorite things about this episode is something that I have have found. Uh, It's what one of the things that Higgins says. It's, It's here's to the family we make along the way, and that is. So vitally important to me and especially now post COVID and finding my people and and all that. It's the family make, make along the way is of the utmost importance. Um, I now have zero problem losing Whamageddon every year gleefully (laughs) as I hear the buskers singing last Christmas. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. In all honesty, this is an instant Christmas classic. It is a must-watch every year, if not twelve times a year. Um, but uh, all right, love, love, love the podcast, and I look forward to hearing you guys.
3: Greg, you did not lose Whamageddon because of the busker's version of Last Christmas.
4: Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. No, did. no, he yeah. didn't. Yeah,
3: covers do not count.
4: Yeah, he lost
3: it. I am a stickler to the rules. Uh, and we do we we see the ussy guy four times throughout the course of the series. Uh twice in season one, once in season two, and once in season three.
4: When he's at the barbershop, that's in season one.
3: That's the finale of season one.
4: Ah, okay. All right. Yep. Cause, Cause, we see okay, him. I thought that was the premiere of season two.
3: No, we see okay. him in the pilot of season one, the finale of season one. This This Christmas episode episode of season two. And then he is in the series finale. finale.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they were able to drop him in then because he wasn't originally in their arc.
3: Yeah. He wasn't in the arc for for season two.
4: Yeah. But they dropped, they dropped him in for Christmas. That's cool. I bet you that actor is like, yeah, I'm the Aussie guy from
3: Ted Lasso. (laughs) I was just looking him up. He's done, he's done a couple other things, but he's um, everything he's done has only been one episode. He's done five other shows in which he did one episode, but Ted Lasso, he does four. So okay. Ted's, his, Ted's his biggest project. That's his big break. But I think he's also very young, too. So, you know, he's got opportunities to do more stuff.
4: Yeah, he he's looks just like gotta, he's about
3: 17. He's just got to go and be like, I was the ussy kid. Right. From Ted Lasso. Hey, look, everybody's got to start somewhere. Hannah Waddington was a bell ringer. Shame. In one episode of Game of Thrones
4: Shame One She was in a lot of episodes Was she? Yeah Septa unella Yes
3: I, I told you I don't remember a lot of Game of Thrones Yep So um, I don't remember a lot of that <laughs> uh, But I think we have one more written
4: Yes we do I have to go back to it Because I had to look at something Nope that's Dave's There we go All right Last one is from Lindsay Schlitt. Hi, Lindsay. Really sweet episode. Made me want to watch the Christmas Spectacular special all <laughs> over again. Thank you so much for calling it the Christmas Spectacular, by the way. It makes me very happy. Ben hates it, but I love it.
3: <laughs> I don't hate it. Mm.
4: Roy's reaction to Phoebe's breath has has to be one of my favorite Roy moments. I think you might be dying. LOL. <laughs> I, thought, I had to watch that one a couple of times. I loved the special Santa gift thing Rebecca and Ted did. I wish we knew the context. How did Rebecca get these kids' notes? Another really sweet episode I just grinned through. Side note, has anyone rewatched Game of Thrones since watching Ted? I'm doing a rewatch, and in the stupid... High Sparrow storyline, I can no longer take Rebecca seriously as the shame nun. I just <laughs> laugh each time she comes on screen. She looks ridiculous to me now. How such a knockout was hired to plan a dour nun is beyond me.
3: It's probably play a dour nun. Not oh, plan.
4: Duh. Sorry. That was me just reading. Yeah, yeah, I won't watch Game of Thrones again. I just won't. Um, I don't think I will either. Yeah i I want to, but every single time I I go to watch like one, one of my favorite episodes, I just remember how it ends. I get angry and I don't watch it anymore. Yeah, but I'm, good I'm on you, it. Lindsay, for rewatching it. Um, I can see how watching Rebe- uh Hannah Waddingham as Septa Unella could be a little weird now. Yeah, because she's so joyful.
3: Yeah, and can sing. I hope she puts
4: out many albums.
3: I hope, yeah, I do as well. I hope she does another special sometime too, because it's yes. fun. It's a fun watch. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Uh, they should but, do sketch comedy with the Ted Lasso cast.
3: Oh God, that would be fantastic.
4: Yeah, I would. I would buy into that immediately.
3: I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, because we already would. know Sadekus can do it.
4: Every single one of us wants Ted Lasso to come back in some form. We just—it's like, please, please, writers, try to figure it out, please.
3: I I want the characters to come back. I'm actually okay if Ted doesn't.
4: I feel yeah, like I see Ted's that.
3: story was told, but I want more of these AFC Richmond characters. It would be nice if
4: he came back and he was like a a doctor Sharon to the team. Like he wasn't the coach, but and he wasn't their shrink, but he was like like the professional self care development. You know what I kind of
3: you know what I kind of equate it to is it would be great if like they did another show or another season, and it was very similar to. The, the third Mighty Ducks movie. Coach Bombay, Emilio Estevez, was not the coach of the team. They had a different coach of the team, but towards the end, when it came down to it, they needed a little inspiration. Coach Bombay came back. Just to kind of give them the inspiration to keep going, to realize they didn't need This was need in D3? Him. This is in D3, yeah. yeah. You know, coach, they didn't, coach Bombay needed to come back to let the team realize they didn't need Coach Bombay. Yeah. So maybe do the same thing. Like do another season, like the Richmond Way or something like that. Yeah. And then they're struggling a little bit and Ted comes back to make them all realize they don't need Ted. That
4: they have it inside of them. Yes. Exactly. That I I would watch. I I will watch any of it, uh, Ben. Yeah. I will watch literally any of it. Yeah. And and, I'll watch watch the Beard Chronicles. I don't care. Just somebody give me more. Beard
3: Chronicles.
4: (laughs) Somebody give me more of this universe, please.
3: It's the good ta- for my heart. This is the tale of Beard and Jane. At Stonehenge. <laughs> At Stonehenge. Um, one final voicemail, and that comes from our friend Steve Brown. Yeah. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is uh, Carol of the Bells, Ted Lasso, season two,
6: episode, uh, the Christmas one. <laughs> I didn't know everyone was doing booze, but, no, of course <laughs> – He loves the scotch. (laughs) Scarf, not scotch. Where's my brain? I couldn't completely see the board, but it looked like four and four wins and losses. I thought they had a bunch of ties. Everybody's talking about sexy Christmas. Ted just had an unopened bottle of scotch in his office that he was able to give Jamie to give to his secret Santa, person he was supposed to give a gift to. Oh, and I love the claymation credits. Oh, sexy Christmas with sexy Keely in the red. Oh, Phoebe. (laughs) Sam is so polite, but finally, I need to use your restroom. (laughs) Oh, and Ted's day that he was going to spend with his son is ruined because he gave him a drone. Well, I had to uh, pause it to compose myself. In the background with Ted is uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Uh, Okay, I had to compose myself because uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas was my favorite song when I was in the military. Um, Gosh, and I know it was for a lot of us. I love Roy wanting to beat up a little kid for insulting Phoebe. <laughs> Keely is just gagging. <laughs> Roy, I think you might be dying. <laughs> so the bet is in Roy's neighborhood, 10 houses, no dentist. They each get a thousand pounds. I wonder how that turned out. I don't remember. Wow. I You know, Higgins said at the beginning that only two players normally come to his uh, Christmas dinner. But now he's got a bunch. Is that the lasso effect? When Ted's drinking and watching, it's a wonderful life. How wonderful does uh, Hannah Wanningham look just dressed with this scarf and this green and this little hat? It just, oh, she's just beautiful. I don't think I've ever seen the movie once. I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> Taking a tinkle next to John Holmes when Rebecca drops that huge wad in the busker's hat. Love Danny, and I don't know this other player's name uh, doing the, the, you know, trope military, whatever. uh, uh Gosh, action movie sequence. You'll tell it yourself because you live. I just have a question because I'm not a parent. I don't have children. Do you let your child answer the door when it just randomly rings without even looking? In, in this case, twice, it's been fine. But it just is weird because Rebecca and Ted are delivering these wonderful presents to this family. It just, it just dawned on me. Finally, Keely and Roy had a, what looked like an adult answer the door. At their ring But everybody else has been kids Deposit again With Roy fixing his knee I've, I've had to do that a time or two So, In the 10th house They find a dentist An adult answers the door by the way This kid wants a picture with Keely Not with Roy But hey there's an elegant solution Let's all take a picture together by the tree Oh that's right I remember now He asked for poster board and markers Because he's going to do the love actually thing Aww. She forgives him But do better I think I read that in the trivia, uh, Higgins actually names all the home countries of all these actors that are playing these characters. It's so great. Oh, the family that we make along the way that oh, I didn't know this episode would hit me so hard like it is. Wow, so good. Sorry this one went long, but oh, it was emotional.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Steve.
4: I love Steve. Yeah. I just love him.
3: I do. Uh, um Going back to something he said at the beginning too, when he says like the wins and losses, like four wins, four losses. Wasn't there a bunch of ties? There are. Oh, if you read that board, it says fourteen. Seven. Oh, 14.
4: Okay. Yeah. Because it says seven, seven, and then there's
3: yeah. No, and then four. There's... Four, four, and fourteen. Thank you. Four, four, and fourteen. Thank you. Because the reason why I think the reason why Steve might have been confused is because they don't call them ties over there. They call them draws.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. So
3: it says W, it says W's L's. D's and then in parentheses it says nuts.
4: Cuz <laughs> cuz of course beard did that. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that was it's exactly. all beard. <laughs> yep. Um so Rebecca, yes, Rebecca is glowingly beautiful in this episode. I completely agree. And I remember like kind of losing my breath when I first saw her cuz I'm like, wow, she looks really really stunning. So I agree.
3: Um hold on. I'm telling you, i I think my, I think my crush on Hannah Waddingham like just develops more and more as we watch more and more of the show.
4: Oh, because she lets her personality come out, and she lets, um, like not her her character's personality come out. And really, the happier somebody is on the inside, it just radiates out from every pore in their body. And Rebecca mm-hmm. really, um. Really shows that in this episode.
3: Yeah, um, she exudes it.
4: I I had Sam needing to pee. It was so funny because the whole time he's injured, he's being introduced to the whole family. I'm like, he has to pee, people. <laughs> and then like <laughs> Leslie's like, well, let's talk about this. He goes, That's fine, but can I go to the bathroom? Yeah. I'm like, guys, he had to pee really bad. <laughs>
3: I did have that line in my quotes too, and I missed it when he says, "I love the buskers y'all got over here." Always reminds me of that movie. Once you ever seen that? Ah, uh, great film. Yeah, I loved once so much. I saw it twice.
4: You know, I've <laughs> never seen once, but I do know that really magical moment in the movie where or it's, I don't even know if it's in the movie or it, maybe it's just what happened when they were nominated for an Oscar. But when they were, the two people were like really close together in front of each other and they were singing that beautiful song. Have you seen that movie?
3: I've never seen once. No, I don't I've never seen it.
4: I've always wanted to see it. I heard it's beautiful.
3: And I think it's a musical too, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like I, a musical like La La Land is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I, yeah. which I've never seen that either, but um no, but thank you to everybody for all the great feedback this episode. Um, Keep it coming. Uh, Please. As we we progress further in, we we love hearing it. So if you want to do that, easiest way to do that, just go to our website, revisitedpod.com. You can find links on where to subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff, or just email us directly, feedback at revisited.com. I know we're getting ready to wrap things up. Any recommendations for anybody before we, we get out? Yeah, watch Percy Jackson if you're not doing it. You already did that one, though yeah and I stand by it <laughs> <laughs> um i'm I'm gonna recommend play Power wash Simulator. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Oh, how much is the game? Ah, uh, I don't think it's expensive. I think okay. it's a cheap game.
4: I hope it's like five dollars. Uh,
3: I don't know if it's that cheap, but um <laughs> just or just like go online like watch the trailer for it. It's just oh. it's, f- it's it's a fun game, okay. Um, any final notes before we get out?
4: No, stay healthy. It's going around.
3: Yeah, I know you're feeling it, Typhoid Mary.
4: I am. I don't feel good. I need to go lay down.
3: <laughs> um, Next episode, season two, episode five, Rainbow. It is Yay! the second highest rated episode of the season, and it is a great episode. I can't wait because... By the end of the episode, we get a new chapter in the story of Ted Lasso, and which I think we're all
4: excited about. I
3: can't wait for it (laughs) to happen. Um, But other than that, uh, I think that's it. Wilhelm wraps up its coverage of Monarch at the same day this drops off the finale. Will episode the episode of that will air? Uh, Wilhelm's going to be returning with top five favorites. Uh top 5 favorite TV shows and movies of 2023 in which Kristen is going to be a part of that as well.
5: Yay.
3: Uh and last but not least go over to podcastica.com and check out all the great stuff that's going on over there because there's as we say it every time there's something for everybody. Go over There, there. really is. It's remarkable. And there's more stuff coming. Yay. There's more stuff coming over there. Um That does it for me. Anything for you? No. With that then being said, thank you as always for listening, subscribing, being a part of this whole thing. Uh, But until next time, we'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Namaste, babies.